Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder, and today we have a special guest. Today, we bring to the podcast David Ernst, who was a litigator and trial lawyer for 37 years. He retired from law practice last fall. David worked at two law firms over the course of his career and developed an interest many years ago in succession planning for lawyers and firms. At his last firm, David held the position of succession planning partner, where he had responsibility for helping the firm's 200 plus partners with all aspects of succession planning. Having just completed his own succession planning journey, David is now working with lawyers and firms as a succession planning consultant. His focus is on helping firms embrace succession planning to strengthen client relationships, honor the contributions of senior lawyers, and develop the next generation of rainmakers and firm leaders. Welcome, David. Heather, thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, I'm really excited because when we first met, which was online through LinkedIn, and then we talked in one of my coffee chats, I keep telling people out there, if I ask you for a coffee chat, you really should take me up on it because you might end up on the podcast (laughs) because I get probably- I think I did. Yeah, I think more than half of my podcast guests the last year, (laughs) year and a half have been from coffee chats because you know there's a lot of interesting people out there. And you intrigued me because of what you do, and it's not something I've heard of a lot of people doing. So I thought it was a really interesting topic that we needed to bring on to the show. Um, But before we get into the specific succession planning talk, let's get a little bit into your journey. Obviously, you were a lawyer for many years, and then you worked inside the law firm, you know, uh, your law firm, whatever firm you were with at the time for succession planning. But how did you end up even getting to that point? Like what made you become a lawyer in the first place? And then we'll get into the rest of the story. Oh boy. How much time do we have on this podcast? (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I uh, graduated from college with a music degree. And so that ought to tell you a few things about my future employment prospects. Um, but I did enjoy that. But I uh, I went to law school straight through, K through JD. Um, and I worked at a grand total of two firms in, in my career. So I, I moved around quite a bit and was lucky enough to, in my career on the firm management side, was lucky enough to uh, work in a lot of firm management roles um, and including then a managing partner role at my my first firm and had the opportunity to work with some lawyers on um, succession, um, retirement, um, just approaching that. And so I was always interested in this subject and thought that firms could do better, uh, both from the firm standpoint and from the senior lawyer standpoint. And so um, got to do this at my second firm, Davis Wright, and um, was, uh, like you said, was succession planning partner for several years. 
and really enjoyed uh, working with uh, lawyers talking about and helping them with uh, succession planning and lawyers of all vintages. I, I want to get that point across, not, not just what we would call senior lawyers, but also with young partners and talking about what they can do to uh, to help lawyers and hopefully also gain clients. So that's my short story. Okay, so tell me what you mean by succession planning. I think most people probably have something in their mind already, which is you the more the obvious. R, the R word. The R word, the retirement. Sure, so sure. tell me what it actually means, though, because I'm gathering it means a lot more than just planning for retirement. Yeah. Well, to me, it means a lot more. Uh, if you, I know that if you ask 10 lawyers, uh, you said succession planning, they would say the R word. Some would say the whole word, by the way, but um, <laughs> we can talk about that. But, you know, there's, um, to me, it's a lot broader than that. The way I like to think about it and the way I observed over a lot of years was, I think succession plan is more of a map to a new destination, now, that destination could very well be retirement. Uh, it was for me, but um, it's more than that. It, it's um, things like, um, what if you are in a firm and what if you're asked to take on a very big administrative role? Um, you can't, you know, a lot of times you cannot maintain a full-time practice. Uh, you know, it depends on the size of the firm, but um, you might have to devote, you know, 30, 40, 50% or even 100%. Well, that involves some succession planning because you have to figure out where those clients are going to go and how the firm and you are best going to be served by that. What if you take a sabbatical? Um, that's a mini succession planning, and I've often recommended that to folks who are a little nervous about getting started with this uh, journey. Um, and, and Or what if you want to, you know, don't want to be a lawyer anymore and you want to do something else? Like me. And, well, yeah, like you. You had to do some succession planning. You probably didn't even know it. So anyway, I, I view it as a broader word. I'm not um, uh, um, afraid of the word retirement. I am retired. Uh, besides, you know, I'm doing these little side projects that I enjoy, but um, and I just finished my own journey. But uh, that's how I view it. A little broader context than just uh, the word retirement. Retirement is an endpoint, but succession planning is a process. And how early would you suggest somebody who is thinking of going on a sabbatical or leaving the law or approaching retirement? How, you know, what's the early stage of that planning process? Because I'm willing to bet a lot of people don't realize how early they really should start thinking about it. I'm willing to take you up on that bet. <laughs> You know, part of this is from working with a, a, a lot of lawyers and and then my own experience just, just last fall. Um, you know, so much depends on, you know, the size of your practice, how, you know, how busy you are doing client work, how busy you are doing, uh, you know, non-billable work. But I will tell you, it's very difficult to have a thoughtful succession plan implemented in less than a year. Now, have people done it? Sure. Have I worked with people who said I want to retire in four months? And uh, yes, but it's um, difficult for, I think, for the lawyer, difficult for the firm and puts uh, clients um, in um, a bad spot where 
they may go shopping. And we don't want clients to go shopping in law firms if, if we can avoid it. They're hard enough to get. Um, we want to try to keep them. And so that's my minimum. But really, um, you know, we can go into this. But really, you, if you're thinking about a, a change that way, you should be thinking and, and putting, uh, planning, maybe putting something down on paper, you know, at least a couple years in advance, because there's many part, many moving parts to this. And I emphasize the thoughtful in succession planning, because uh-huh. uh, it's, you've worked so hard uh, to get to the point that you did with a wonderful client base and, um, you know, where you've gotten your career. Let's, let's end it your your career in a really thoughtful um, way that respects your contributions. Yeah. And I wonder too, is there a reason for, well, I think the answer is clearly yes, but I guess, how would you approach this? You've got a young partner or somebody who isn't senior yet, right? But they have aspirations for leadership. They have aspirations for kind of moving up in that career ladder, which is going to necessarily mean not doing as much of the day-to-day client legal work. And it might be a year or two or three away, but shouldn't they at least start thinking about succession planning in that context? I know there's a lot of them who are like, yeah, but I don't want to do anything and assume. But if you really want that, I, I don't know. I think you you probably have people who don't want to do it, but I'm not sure it makes sense to wait to know you're going to get that position because then it would be like a mad scramble to try to figure out what to do, correct? Yeah, I think it's about building a team and a team that you know respects what you're doing and you respect the individual members of that team and our, your clients respect the involvement in that team. And so, again, you may be, um, you know, maybe in three years, you're going to be the managing partner of a firm. Um, And um, that involves, like we said, that involves succession planning as well. So it has to be discussed and it has to be thoughtful. And I appreciate you bringing up the example of the younger partners, because that's one of my messages is that, um, you know, younger partners should care about this too. Um, it's not, we're not, you know, you don't have to retire next year. It's nothing about that. It's nothing. I mean, great if you can retire next year, but it's not really, that's not really the uh, thing we're talking about. So. Yeah. And I would think that it's at least important if you have any aspirations at all of becoming more active within the administrative side of the firm that you start thinking about this earlier so that when you do start to realize, yeah, I'm going in that direction, because it's not like those things come out of the blue, typically. Right. You then can reach out to somebody to help you plan it more appropriately so that you don't leave your clients in the lurch. You don't accidentally drop something when it comes to, you know, or in the eyes of clients. And so that you could have people that you trust to hand over your clients too. Yeah. And what a great way for um, you to um, earn respect within the law firm. Um, Mm. You're, you know, you're comfortable with letting 
younger lawyers uh, take the reins, bring a new perspective to a client relationship, think about a problem in a different way. I know we all think that, uh, I'll speak for myself. Um, I know that I thought maybe my way was the way that it was, uh, you know, supposed to be done. And by letting other folks have these, um, you know, touch points with clients and see how they approach problems was like, it was, it was very eye opening for me because it's like, oh, you know, that's, I wouldn't have done things that way, but you know what, the client benefited from that. Uh. And so it's a great feeling. It's not a scary feeling. It's actually a really great feeling to know that um, others, um, you know, you're giving them the opportunity and then they're stepping up while you either, um, you know, maybe you're moving on to a, a different kind of relationship with a client or other clients, or as you've mentioned, this firm leadership, because, uh, Firms have plenty of managers. They don't have enough leaders. And so we need <laughs> firm, we need firm leaders um, in, in law firms of all sizes. That we do. So I think you bring up an important point that is different than succession planning, but yet related to it, but related to a lot of other things too. There's this reticence by a lot of attorneys to grow a real team because they don't like letting go of control. They don't like- I've never heard that, Heather. Yeah, I know, I know right? They don't like allowing others to give the advice, to be the final say, to, you know, and so they often, A, have trouble hiring people, B, have trouble keeping and managing and leading people appropriately, and C, have real trouble letting go and allowing others to really grow into it. But what I'm hearing from you is that's an important piece to not just succession planning, but really serving our clients as best we can. And which then I think gets to some of the benefits for why we want to do succession planning. But let's talk about this a little bit more, right? Like, I think that it it would be more helpful for you when you are in a place where you need to succession plan where you are, even if you're not retiring yet, right? Like you're stepping into a more important, if you have other aspirations, you're going to need a team. You're going to need people around you that can take over and not be the person, the end all be all, or that works very unlikely to stay at that point. Look, um, you and I have been around lawyers for a long time and, um, I, you know, I, I a lot longer than you, um, (laughs) But I I get these feelings that lawyers have, often quite successful lawyers. I may have had some of those myself, you know, and I just finished this succession journey. I'll tell you that professionally, the last two years of my career, professionally were among the most satisfying in my career. Because I saw a team that I had been working on for way more than two, working with, building from way more than two years, actually stepping in and and having this relationship with clients. And, you know, like you did and like we all did, I worked pretty hard to have the clients I did. And so, of course, I was concerned that this went well. And it did. So, I understand these feelings. I've been in the trenches. Uh, you know, I've been in a management role watching lawyers as to whether 
they're going to do that. And so, you know, my message is to everyone out there, it's really a a good thing. And it's very professionally satisfying to see others step up and succeed. Yeah. And I would, I would gather that one of the biggest issues that people have when it comes to succession planning is that letting go and allow it and really like how hard you've seen this, I'm sure, you know, and, and some are probably it's easier than others, but even if they're retiring, even if they're wanting to walk away, isn't it still really hard for a lot of people to let go of these clients that they've had for a long time? Oftentimes they, you know, have these strong relationships with them. And so that can possibly, I would think, get in the way of doing the things you need to do to properly succession plan. Yes or no? Absolutely. Yes. Here's the other thing. Um, Lawyers maybe don't want to admit this. The clients are thinking about this too. Yeah. The clients, number one, you know, many clients are, I mean, the, the legal industry, I would, I would argue is way behind at least, at least maybe corporate America in terms of succession planning from all that I've read. Now, I've only been a lawyer, so, you know, I don't have that direct experience. But um, yes, you know, absolutely, uh, that's going to be important. But the the clients are thinking about this, too. And what a relief to a client if a lawyer comes to them. I mean, you know, it's no mystery about where you are in your career. And if a lawyer comes to, you know, a trusted advisor in that kind of relationship, you come to a client and say, you know, I don't know when this is going to happen, but it is going to happen. And I want to start the process now of thinking about my successors. What client, my experience, but who's going to be feel bad about that? Isn't a client actually going to be so impressed that you care enough about this relationship that you're thinking ahead so that there's not an emergency? Yeah. Either, you know, something happens, God forbid, to you. Or, you know, you decide you're going to give folks three months notice. Um, That's when clients, in my experience, that's when clients find other firms. Yeah. And and the fact is, you never do know. I mean, and and it's not always because of you being sick or something happening to you. Like I've I've had clients, I had one client a couple of years ago who she expected to be practicing for many more years, but some things happened within her family that made her rethink things. And all of a sudden she realized, no, I'm retiring. And so, and she was at a stage in her life where those kinds of things kind of happen more. So it would have helped her out to have thought about that earlier. Um, You know, she still was able to manage it, but I don't think she managed it as well as she could have. Right. So Oftentimes, it's not just us, something happening to us that makes us need to retire, but it's other things going on in our life that make us rethink our values and our priorities and realize, no, it's time to step away from this. Yeah, all all kinds of things uh, can happen. And so I, I, I do appreciate your putting this emphasis on succession planning, you know, at many stages of your career. A word I like in talking about succession planning is normalizing discussions about succession planning so that people um, 
you know, I've been around enough lawyers and law firms that I know that this isn't, there is some reticence and I understand the reticence. I'm not judging it. I went through it. But if we, if you see the the most senior, the, the senior partner in the firm who has the biggest book of business openly saying the word succession planning, to me, that's, I've been, you know, I know law firms. Uh, and so that to me, like, oh, well, if she's talking about that, then maybe I should be thinking about that as well. So that is a uh, longer term goal of mine and something that I tried to do uh, in my firm when I had this job. Uh, but it's, uh, I feel a good way to think about things for firm leaders and and lawyers. Yeah, I think the point that you're making is it starts at the top and people need to be doing it and talking about it and making it and normalizing it, as you said, so that others will start thinking about it, talking about it, doing it. <laughs> and yeah. then it really does get normalized within the law firm environment. I think that's something that is, we've, we've kind of danced around, but it hasn't said been said as proactively for those of you, so I've I've known plenty of attorneys. I know you have who are like this, but I'm thinking of one in particular where this was before I left my practice. There was somebody who was very senior. He had a great book of business. He was in his upper 60s and still practicing. And anytime one of the senior associates who worked for him would bring up the R word, because she knew she was like, You're not going to be doing this forever. Like there's just no way, right? So what is our plan? She wanted to know the plan. How are we going to take care of the clients? I'm not in a position to take over at this point. Like, where are we going to be in a year or two if you decide to just leave? And he would bristle at it and not want to deal with it. And because he took it the wrong way of, well, you're talking about me retiring and I'm not ready. And that to him sounded like, you know, getting really old and dying. And but that's not really what she was doing. And what he needed was to step back and kind of shift his mindset around you know, this isn't an issue about just me retiring, but an issue of ensuring my clients are taken care of. Such a good point here. We, and we haven't talked about this yet, but we have a generation of lawyers that is coming up that has a whole different uh, way of looking at a career arc. They have options that I never had or wasn't smart enough to figure out. And working in a law firm in a traditional um, model is just, you know, one of many options. And we uh, we owe it as senior lawyers. I'm not including you there. Uh, me as a senior lawyer, we owe it to the next generation of lawyers to make sure that they know that there's a, um, a place for them in the way they want to um you know go forward in their career and if they it's not about you and it's not about retirement it's it's about am i going to be part of this team um because everyone is going to leave their law firm you know there's going to be there forever they they're not going to be there forever and so what have we done to make sure that this is a attractive viable place for that that younger lawyers want to spend their career because they have a lot of choices you know good lawyers always have choices and we may you know I came only from law firms 
one big law firm and one medium-sized law firm. And, and we think, oh, everybody wants to be a, a law firm. Well, I don't know. I, I And I, I think that this this generation, I'm not, I don't want to generalize, but I just think they're very savvy and want to have a career that they are in charge of. And if they don't see a path, they're going to look at other options. Yeah. And I, and I think that also, if you shift your mentality around it and see it for what it is, which is not just about retirement, but about the bigger picture of the culture of your team and the firm, because that's really what you're getting at by succession planning, I think, because you're you're thinking not just about you and letting go, but about how to enable the firm to keep the client, to enable the younger attorneys that you've been training and bringing along and managing to really step up and, you know, take over. For and for your clients to be taken care of, right? So from that aspect, I would argue that if you go into succession planning with the right mentality, we lawyers love control. It's the ultimate control. It's a different way of seeing what control is, but it's the ultimate form of control. You are taking the best control you can over what happens in a good way for that client. So that they're taken uh, care of. Yeah, I really like the way you're framing this. Uh, can I <laughs> can I steal some of these thoughts you can. here? Yeah, well, I, I may I may well do it, but it, that's right. Lawyers love control. We all do. Um, I loved it too. But if we start talking, if we be, or if we're transparent about this and just start the discussion, you might find that it just oh, doors open for you. That's like, wow, I. I you know, I've done something really cool here. I've uh -huh. brought different, I brought lawyers to this client that gives them a different perspective. Um, and I've, you know, set, I've helped the firm and I've, I think I've helped myself. If I want to stay at the firm for how many other years? I mean, that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not, going around telling people they need to retire. I'm I'm just talking about succession planning and it's um and the advantages uh, of it. So so let's go through a couple more of the benefits, right? So cuz there's benefits that are really obvious and there's probably some benefits that aren't as obvious. And there there are benefits to like three different groups at least, maybe four mm -hmm. really, I guess, because there are benefits to the individual attorney who is eventually going to leave, who needs the succession plan. There are benefits to the clients. There are benefits to the team members, the younger lawyers that have been working with that person. And then there are benefits to the firm. <laughs> so there's yep. a lot of people who are benefiting here. Yep. So what are some of the, the main benefits of having a good succession plan and then following it, obviously? Let me mention one thing that hasn't been brought up. Okay. And I've seen I've seen this in working with senior lawyers. Given a choice, the client is very likely going to continue to call you and want to hire you if you haven't started a succession plan or even somewhat in the beginning if you have. I've worked with several lawyers who were actually doing the right thing, but they 
they just couldn't help themselves. And so when the client says, hey, Heather, we really need you on this one. Well, who isn't flattered by that, right? And the person in good faith was just becoming very frustrated because they actually, person wanted to retire. And so you have to, you do have to at some point say, I am retiring, leaving, moving on to, you know, my next adventure on this date. And if you don't start doing that, you're going to end up all of a sudden five years have gone by. I've seen that over and over because yeah. part of it is they want you. Right. You know, you didn't get to where you were and but they're not opposed to other options. But if they know you're still there. Oh, yeah. And- they're going to want you. Yes. First, I would say too, while you're in that process, probably the best way I could suggest talking to a client about it is every time they call you, when you've already made it clear, they should be calling somebody else first, or you know, somebody else needs to handle it and they've asking you to do it. I would just say, this is not in your best interest for me to be the lead on this. Because remember, I am retiring, blah, blah, blah. We're going to give it to person X. I will ensure, you know, I'll I'll talk to them about it. I'll oversee it the first time, like the first couple of times, maybe you're involved right. a little bit, but they take right. it and then you slowly but surely get out of it. So from my perspective, you'd want a longer period of time. This is why it's good to plan this, to tell them way early and have a long runway. But during that runway, you actually have like, benchmarks almost that you're meeting where you pull away more and more and more and give over more and more and more to other people. You know, that, that, uh, Heather, that was my experience. Um, like I said, I started telling clients, uh, 12 to 15 months in advance when I, when I came to the date that I was gonna, you know, I sat about, I sat with this for a while, but when I came to that date, then I started telling clients and here's another advantage you you are there during that period of time you are still a member of the firm you can hear privileged information and mm-hmm. you can in the background help the clients and help the lawyers yes. but you know if you if you uh, if you retired and and it happened pretty quickly and the and your successors are calling you every other day that's a problem on many levels Yes. Um, I don't think people think about the issue of, I mean, you're not a member of the firm anymore. I don't know. I'm not an ethics expert, but I don't know that that's privileged information. Um, so, you know, that's something to think about too. But this 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 idea that you can still be available, but that the client knows, I mean, you're there, but you you've told them. My experience was Clients are supportive of what you're doing. They just forget. They don't remember when you're retiring. I mean, you know, it's more on your mind than theirs. They got 25 other things that are doing that they're supportive, but they don't remember. Well, and it's this coaching thing that we learn when we become coaches is everybody looks at everything from their own perspective and your own perspective is your own selfish perspective, not in a bad way, but that's just, that's what it is. And the fact of the matter is they're thinking, which is true, we have this long history. 
you know us like the back of your hand. You understand us. There are things that don't have to be said anymore. So why not go to you? Yes. But on the flip side of that, that's why you need to get somebody else involved in leading it while you're still around so that they can, when things like that come up, you can go, oh yeah, you need to know this, right? So you can cover those scenarios as they happen while you're still there in the firm. I kind of think of this as, so I'm the mom of an 18-year-old who is a senior in high school. And I remember when he started driving and now we're dealing with this with him, you know, with longer curfews and not coming home as early and all that stuff. And, you know, I've had conversations with parents around, well, you, you let him drive as soon as he was 16, he got his license. We were pushing him out to drive as much as humanly possible. As soon as he's like been able to do certain things, we've been pushing him to do that. And my two cents has always been, well, wouldn't you rather your kid do that, those things and go explore and be more independent and make mistakes while you're still there and he's still at least coming to sleep at your house and you can kind of know what's going on and help guide them as opposed to the first time he does it be when he's off in some other state, (laughs) you know, and you're not close by and you have no idea what's going on. I think it's kind of the same thing at the end of the day. It's a reverse succession planning, Heather. Uh, It's it's exactly right. If you're there, the younger lawyers, number one, are going to feel good about that, but they also know that, okay, you know, this, I can't keep going back to Dave, or I can't keep going back to Heather, you need to to step up. And they want that, but it's nice to know that you're there to do that. Um, because, and, and um, it's, you know, it's also really good for the firm. Um, the, the shows leadership within the firm. It shows a, you know, gratitude and grace, words that are important to me. We haven't also we haven't talked yet about the advantage to bringing up women lawyers of color. We, you probably shouldn't have as your successor someone who thinks and comes from the exact same perspective that you do. Mm. If just for a business reason of how about bringing up some folks that approach problems from their own learned perspective, and. Um, you know, I'm, I've seen that too. In other words, DEI and succession planning is something that rarely gets written or talked about, something that we also can, can make a, a lot of progress on. We we default sometimes to, well, you know, I, my successor is going to be this person who I'm comfortable with, or I've, I've worked, you know, around. And I'm asking lawyers to step back from that. And firm leaders should be talking about that too. Is this the best person for the client? And is this mm. the best person for the firm? Especially if we're raising up new leaders. So, Absolutely. I would say also that it goes, we should be thinking about that way before we're succession planning by you know who we hire to bring onto our team and who we choose as partners to bring, you know, which partners we pull in to assist with particular clients. And, you know, we should probably broaden that and not just go to the person who's just like us, all that that we're more comfortable with because they're just like us, because you are going to get differing perspectives, which is going to get better. We love to say we're outside the box thinkers, we lawyers. And if you look at websites, they say those all the time. 
in my experience, that's not actually true all the time. <laughs> and a lot of it is because of human nature. We like to be and work with and stick with people who are just like us. Well, yes. you're not going to be as outside the box then. No. And uh, you're, I mean, we should be thinking of the client first. Yes. And um, I mean, that's our job. And when we do that, uh, good things happen. And, you know, the clients are watching they're they're thinking about the choices you're making or if you're not making any choices and you're at a certain stage in your career and the clients never heard about your successors that makes a client nervous mm. my experience is that's when they if you don't approach this uh for whatever reason that's when the client you know there's a discussion maybe that happens and says you know we need to be talking with some other firms here in the next couple of years yeah so, okay. So when it comes back, we come back to the benefits, obviously there are obvious benefits to the firm, obvious benefits to the client, Yes, the benefits to other, you know, attorneys are that they get the ability to step in and, and take over some work and get new opportunities. What, what other, are there any other benefits that we've not touched upon, or at least as proactively? Um, to to uh, you talking to other lawyers or to the successing the successor lawyer or this either the, other okay, lawyers well, or the successor lawyer. Okay, well, I'll give you my own experience, and because okay. I just finished um, benefits were um, knowing that the work I felt calm and comfortable that had great people that were going to take over the work. It's a great feeling. It's also pretty cool when a client calls you and says, "Hey, Dave, you know you've you've uh, you know this other lawyer, uh, your successor, just did a great job on this project or on this motion or whatever it is. Thank you for putting me in touch with this lawyer." And that happens, and what a great feeling it is! It you know it's not oh that could have been me. I got those opportunities. I had that. I had that. And I felt professional satisfaction by letting others have that opportunity, knowing that, you know, hopefully I was setting an example for some of my partners, I think was uh, a benefit. And then I, you know, finished. I mean, you've heard stories about the day the lawyer retires, that they're actually pretty sad about things. And I wasn't sad and I'm not sad a year later. I'm, I love my firm. I love practicing law. I always wanted to try a few other things. And so I'm trying a few other things. <laughs> so I think a couple of things there, it obviously reduces stress because if you, at some point you're going to leave. You can leave kicking and screaming. You can leave abruptly and not know that they're being taken care of and then feel stress and guilt over that. Yeah. Or you could do it in a more organized, intentional, planned manner, which is obviously going to reduce the amount of stress. Secondarily, I hear it also allows you to give back to your firm to others within your firm, which feels great. But also, I, I agree with you. I think we have a responsibility to some extent. <laughs> oh. You know, we lawyers should give back to the profession and the firms that have helped us and the people around us that have helped supported us along the way. 
I actually go back to that control feature because what I hear, and I know it's a different way of looking at control, but if you're going to walk away, you're going to be letting go anyway. You might as well do it in a way that feels more in control. And a succession plan is the only way you can truly do that. It is. Also, I, I didn't mention this. I got another benefit. Um, you know, I ended up just because of the practice area that I was in, very, very narrow, narrow area. I, I ended up doing a lot of writing and speaking on this on substantive subjects. And, you know, after a while, number one, it takes a, a lot of time and effort to do that. And so I just stopped doing it. Not that there was some people were beating down my door, but I, I just stopped doing it, you know, the last three or four years and said, I can't do this, but here is a great person in my firm who can. And then they got that opportunity to go to the conference, to speak, to speak, to, to meet potential clients. And, you know, maybe I take them once to do that, but you know, I, I, I had those opportunities. So let's let let's let our younger lawyers step up and do that. Again, it comes down to what is your approach from the beginning? And I think for those of you out there who are listening here, like, well, I'm not at that point where I need to even think about succession planning yet. Right. There's still a lot in here that you can learn and kind of reapproach how how you manage, how you let go of things and delegate more, how you see your team, how you build a team that will frankly set you up for more succession success in the future when you do get to that point. Um, for any of you who haven't done it and are getting closer, you could still do a lot in a short period of time. But if you're further off, I think there's a lot for them to start doing that will make this easier one day. Yeah, and I tell lawyers, they say, well, I don't know what date I want to do this. And I understand you could still start the process. My succession plan changed. Mm. My dates even changed a little. I had, you know, I had thought about this quite a lot, so, but but they changed a little. And but that doesn't mean you shouldn't start on it. And right. again, for for younger lawyers, how about the benefit of if you are helpful and you meet uh, uh, meet the partner halfway and you take the time to learn about the client how about ending up with a six seven figure client origination after the partner leaves that's not too bad and um clients are hard to get uh -huh. uh, so that's another reason uh young lawyers uh, you know you're right if you say succession planning to a second year partner and i have they're like, what are you talking to me about that for, old man? Um, and so I said, well, you know, maybe you should be thinking about how you can be a benefit the firm and yourself. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about, before I let you go, what exactly you do for people when they come to you. Um, how do your services work? How do you help people specifically? I have a partner, um, Carol Burnick, who we have a, a company called Ernst Plus Burnick. And Carol uh, was a longtime partner of mine and a wonderful friend who's focusing a lot on bringing up uh, women um, lawyers of color into law firm leadership positions. So we're kind of um, somewhat separate, but we both have some of the same 
interests and values. And so we work, uh, uh, usually are hired uh, by law firms to um, either help the firm overall with a strategy that is consistent with your culture. I think that's so important. Uh That succession has to be consistent with what your culture is. And then um, oftentimes I'll work uh, directly with individual lawyers about, you know, usually people who are open and willing to talk about it and help them um, develop a succession plan. Uh, You know, when I obviously learn about their individual circumstances and help them think about, uh, you know, some of the things that I thought about, especially the issue of bringing up successors and timing. I think those are the two biggest issues that I work with lawyers on. Find me on our website at Ernst Plus Burnick or on LinkedIn, um, where I talk about succession planning uh, a lot maybe more than anybody else is interested in, but I'll keep (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. And I will definitely include the links to both places in the show notes so that people can find you should they want and need to reach out to you about succession planning. Appreciate that, Heather. And thank you for, I know you have a lot of topics uh, that you cover and could cover. And thank you for considering and and having succession planning be uh, just rate, you know, put on people's radar screen just a little bit. I really appreciate that very much. You're very welcome. I'm very happy to have hosted you. And I know people are going to get a lot of great information out of today's episode. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a follower or subscriber, be sure to hit the follow and or subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both Life & Law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.